welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And once again, uh, the second time in just as many months, I'm joined by uh, Jeremy. Oh, no. Calcara? Calcara. 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 Okay. And uh, we're here to talk about Crawl. Um, But before that, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks for coming on. Um, Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, you were on for Dark Phoenix, and I am. I was. you you will be on for Brightburn whenever that gets a home video release. Yes. Um. So it's nice to talk about a good movie for a change on this episode. Yeah, that'll be new. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So Crawl is the uh the killer alligator movie that's out currently, directed by Alexander Asia, and produced by Sam Raimi, and it stars Barry Pepper. And is her name Kayla? You know her last name? Oh, I didn't. I've typed it a few times in a review, but I didn't ever try pronouncing it. So right. you're on your own. Okay. I do think it's Aha, isn't it? Because uh, he's Hispanic, right? Oh, I think you're right. Alexandre Aha. Yeah, I was pronouncing it like the Steely Dan album. Oh, yeah. Because I'm white. Kaya Scodelario. Okay. Yep. Kaya Scodelario. All right. Um, Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a second. But before we do that, uh, the last time you were here, we played a round of a game called Cinephile. And people loved it. I got so much feedback from people. I never get feedback on this show, by the way. So... (laughs) Uh, positive or negative. And I had several people reach out and say, I really, really like the, the game that you guys played. It was really great. Uh, so we're going to do that again. We actually had the creators of Cinephile reach out mainly because I tagged them on Twitter because I'm shameless. But, uh, they were, they were telling, they told us about how we did it wrong. And also yeah. they shamed us a little bit for not knowing any movies from one of the people. And who, but yeah. yeah, and also uh, one of the people wasn't in one of the movies I named, but you won the round anyway, so it was fine. Yes. So hopefully yes. this this goes better. But well, I will gonna... say they said we did it wrong, but what we actually did wrong was made it harder for ourselves and just made us look even smarter slash nerdier. You choose. That's true. That's true. So I was going to I... do it again that way this time. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. It, it worked just as well, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, for those of you who didn't listen to that episode, uh, because you probably didn't see Dark Phoenix. Um, and Good for um, you. Yeah, you're better off for it. You probably didn't see Crawl either, but you should. And you should see it in a theater full of people because it's really fun on the big screen. Um, but if you are listening to this episode... The way the game works is Jeremy has uh, just a a handful of cards that have different actors on them. And underneath that, it has the name of one of the movies they've been in. The official rules are to start with that movie, but we will not be doing that. So Jeremy will read the actor and uh, then we take turns naming. So Jeremy, you'll start the round and name a movie with that actor in it. Then I have to name another actor in the movie you name and we will go back and forth naming movies and actors right 
Yeah, well, I think we started it last time where we named another actor in the movie that's on the card. And okay. then, um, otherwise, I'm at like this unfair advantage because I already have one answer on the cards and you would never even know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. First one is Winona Ryder in Reality Bites. Okay. Which she was in with Ethan Hawke. Okay. Um, I will go with uh the Magnificent Seven. Seeing that the remake. He was with. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, Full Metal Jacket. With Matthew Modine. Mm-hmm. I should He's... have gone Arlie Ermy. That's harder. Anyway, Matthew Modine. I, so I thought you were going to do Arlie Ermy, and I had one for it. Toy uh, Story? No. The Frighteners. Oh, I love the Frighteners. I also love the Frighteners. He's one of the ghosts. He's a drill sergeant ghost. Um, you said Matthew Modine, right? I said Matthew Modine. Okay, that's Matthew Lillard. Um, yes, Matthew Mark- Modine was not in Scream. <laughs> I was thinking uh, SLC Punk. Uh, Dark Knight Rises? He's in that, right? He is in The Dark Knight Rises, as is um, Cillian Murphy. Okay. Uh, is it Killian? Cillian, whatever. Killian. Killian. Scarecrow. Yep. Uh, he's in a movie called The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, never heard of that movie. Yeah, it's a movie about So the... you win that round. Yay! I kind of was like, oh, I got a killer. I, I got a round winner on, in my back pocket on that one. Okay. Next we have Helena Bonham Carter in Fight Club. Okay, so, so I name another film. actor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton was in Death to Smoochie. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Robin Williams. It's the only person I know who was in that movie. Was in What Dreams May Come. Okay. Uh, once again, only know one other person in that movie. Cuba Gooding Jr. Was in Radio. Ooh. Uh, is Ed Harris in Radio? He is, dang it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Ed Harris, oh, I just watched it today. He was in The Rock. Okay. Uh, With. Uh, I'll just, I'll go Sean Connery. Who was in Highlander. Oh, what's that? Christopher Lambert. Who was in Mortal Kombat. Uh-huh. And that's the only other movie I know of him in. That is the only other movie I know with Christopher Lambert in it as well. And 
who else? Um, nope. You, I got nothing. I have no idea who else was in that movie. Yeah, I think uh, wasn't Bridget Bridget Nelson Sampras or uh, didn't she play Sonia? Did she? Uh, I think so, but I think so. Anyway, I won that one. So okay, yep. one to one. All right, one to three. So uh, we have Sissy Spacek in Badlands. She was in Badlands with Martin Sheen. Okay. Uh, Martin Sheen is also in uh, The Departed. He is, as is Vera Farminga. Okay. Uh, Vera Farminga is also in... That's a TV show. Uh, um, I'll do. I'll uh, up in the air. Up in the air with. I don't want to go with the easy one. Um, she's in. Up in the air with Danny McBride. Danny McBride's in that movie? Yeah, he plays uh, the fiancé of George Clooney's sister. Okay. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, Danny McBride is in The Foot Fist Way. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea. All right, <laughs> you win that one. I haven't yeah. seen that either. <clears throat> Who else is in the foot fist way? Um, I want to say the director is also one of the co-stars, Jody Hill. He's the guy that made Observant Report. Okay. All right. Okay. Here's this he also one. made Eastbound and Down. That was also Jody Hill. Okay. I like Eastbound and Down. I didn't care for Observant Report. All right. You might not know this movie because I've never heard of it, but maybe you have Catherine Keener. In Walking and Talking. Have you heard of that? I've Nope. Okay, we'll go on. Will Smith in Bad Boys 2. Okay. I have not seen either one of the Bad Boys movies, so I will just go Martin Lawrence. All right, Martin Lawrence. Uh... <laughs> I... Uh, there, I don't know of any of Martin Lawrence movies, uh, so I will say he was in Bad Boys 1 with Sia Leone. <laughs> Okay, Tia well, Leone. you just had to name another Martin Lawrence movie, but I will steal your answer. <laughs> what do you mean? So you were just supposed to name Bad Boys. You were just oh. supposed to... You named the movie and the actor. Oh. My bad. I was but, saying she's in Bad Boys with... Right. Oh, dang it. Okay, I get you. She yep. is in... Um, she's in family man with nicholas cage you did it again i dad gum it <laughs> so all right so yeah i guess your answer is nicholas cage yep he's in uh captain corelli's mandolin Ooh! oh my god is is that the one with salma hayek i have no idea <laughs> i have no idea who's in that movie um here let's see captain Corelli, this is... Nope, it's not. Okay. Well, Do you have any other guesses? Nope. 
It's Penelope Cruz. So. Ah! Yeah. Also, John Hurt and Christian Bale. Christian Bale's <laughs> Captain Carly's mandolin? Apparently. Oh. All right, it is two to two, so the net winner of this one wins the game. All right. And I believe, what, you have to name somebody, it's your turn to name somebody else in the movie, or my turn? Uh, my turn. Okay. So this card has Annette Benning in The Grifters. I've never heard of that movie. I think it's actually my turn, because you named Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys 2. Oh, you're right. So I will go ahead and let you know that Angelica Houston is in The Grifters. Okay. And John Cusack. Very good movie. Anyway, Angelica Houston. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess that wouldn't count. Um... <laughs> I was going to say Captain EO, but that was only available at Disney Parks. Uh, <laughs> Angelica Houston is in the Darjeeling Limited. She is with Jason Schwartzman. Uh huh. Is that his name? Schwartzman? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, he is in The Overnight. Dad gum, I've never heard of that. Um, is Samuel L. Jackson in that movie? <laughs> no, uh, Adam Scott is in that movie though. Oh, I love Adam Scott. It's oh uh, man, you win again. You're two and zero. Oh. Yay! I so podcast. when I said Martin Lawrence, he did a stand-up movie yeah. that got a national release, and I feel like. That would be that would be the ultimate for that game because oh yeah no one else is in it you just got to know it was called Run Tell Dad yeah and if I would have been thinking clearly I was thinking of he was in Blue Streak and I would dare you to think of anybody else who was in that movie is that Tim Robbins or is that Money Talks with Chris Tucker am I a racist that's uh, Money Talks with Chris Rob with uh, Tim Robbins yeah okay. Blue Streak is, that's kind of the same, you know. Bulletproof. There's a lot of those movies in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, Luke Wilson. It's Luke Wilson. Oh, and Blue Streak? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you could have named basically any other Martin Lawrence movie, and I probably would have gotten that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have. I was, yeah. I was, yeah, I was definitely confused because I'm thinking, I could say Big Mama's House, but I don't know anybody else in that. Well, I didn't need to know anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Uh, I myself. Tim Robbins is not in Money Talks. That's Charlie Sheen. Oh, okay. What the heck movie is so, that with Tim Robbins? We're like, we're like the opposite of racist. It's like, we think all the white guys look alike. Well, but I also said that Martin Lawrence was in Money Talks. So oh, that's, that's right. You are. I, I'm not. Okay. Sure. I'm just He's a dummy. It. Yeah, he's definitely in one of those, right? Because there's, like, yeah. Bulletproof. That's with uh, Adam Sandler and, like, one of the Wayans brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's Money Talks. There's... Nothing to Lose. Nothing to Lose. That's it. Which is Martin Lawrence. That is Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I'm not necessarily a racist. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right two people, wrong title. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we cleared up the ultimate point of this game, which was, am I racist? MJ is not a racist. Yay, not this time. 
uh <laughs> yeah so uh thanks for bringing the game on again jeremy that's always mm -hmm. super fun um and now we're going to talk about crawl uh, like i said killer gator movie starring barry pepper and uh kaya i already forgot her last name uh she's a relative newcomer is she is she on anything like a tv show or something She's British, so like I was surprised to see how much stuff she's in, you know, because if you're British, you're pretty much on like 47 adaptations of Jane Austen stuff. Yeah. Oh, she was in Skins. You... She okay, was I don't on know. Skins. Okay. And she was like a British. She was in like the Maze Runner movies. Mm -hmm. And two of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, the two that I don't think I saw. Yeah, I didn't see either one of them either. Um, <clears throat> Skins was like a British sex comedy, but it was, they're way more lenient with what they can show in Britain. Yeah. So, uh, they tried to adapt it for American television and we're not as lenient. So it was just kind of in it, like NBC tried to adapt it. Oh, it wasn't yeah, on like cable or anything. Yeah. And it, it lasted like two episodes or something. Sure. Um, <clears throat> she was an exceeding, extremely wicked, shockingly vile, evil and vile. Oh. Really? Which I watched that like two months ago, and I have no idea who she is in that movie. Uh, that yeah, that's fine. I didn't know James Hetfield from Metallica was in that movie till I saw the credits. So hmm. he played a cop. Apparently, I had no idea. Um, yeah. So Kaya Skoldario is not. I she has been acting since two thousand nine. She's oh, she's the little girl in Moon. She's Sam Rockwell's yeah. daughter. Yeah. Okay, that's her first credit. Anyway, so she stars as Haley, who is a uh, very accomplished collegiate swimmer um, in Florida, and she there's a hurricane coming into uh, her her area of the state. And she goes to check up on her dad, played by Barry Pepper. Um, and he. She basically she finds him. She goes to the, the apartment he was living in, doesn't find him there and uh, picks up his dog, then goes to the house that she grew up in, which he is trying to sell after the divorce from her mother. And uh, oh, she goes over there to check up on him because she gets a call from her sister asking if she knows where their dad is because he hasn't been answering his phone. And uh, she starts exploring the house while the hurricane's coming in. Eventually finds him in the basement crawl space area of the home. And he's pretty severely wounded um, and unresponsive. And then she gets attacked by a huge alligator. And... That's the movie, kind of like it's just he eventually wakes up and we find out that he was attacked by the alligator uh, and that's how he got wounded. And then it's just the two of them versus this alligator until it's the two of them versus two alligators. And it's just kind of a survival horror story, thriller, uh, creature feature type thing for 87 minutes. Um I mean, that's 
that's kind of it, right? That's the movie. 100%. That's the movie. And in the process, they kind of resolved some issues that they'd been having in their father-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really, really, really thin premise for a movie. And it's awesome. <laughs> um, it's so good. But before I give my initial thoughts, what, what did you think about Crawl, Jeremy? I thought that it was 100% everything that someone could expect it to be, right? I mean, like, like the elevator pitch for that movie is like, okay, picture this. There's alligators with two people in a crawl space. I mean, that's basically the movie that could go a lot of different ways, and I don't think they could have done it in a better way than what they did. It was it was scary. There was even a kind of surprising amount of heart. Maybe it's just me being a guy with a daughter, but I found myself almost or pretty moved a few times. Yeah. Um, I was scared. Um, you know, it was there. It was there's some gross stuff that was hard to watch. It's I don't so know, gross. Everything about it was. You know, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but it's everything about it was perfect, I would say. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it, it just it, it's the kind of movie that knows what it is. And usually when we say that, it's like people are kind of crapping on it. And then we, you kind of have to re like recontextualize it for people. But mm-hmm. I think this is like the opposite of that, where you it, like it is as advertised yeah, like the the trailer was like, here's some people in a basement getting attacked by alligators, and then you go see the movie, and it's like, here's some people in a basement getting attacked <laughs> by alligators. Yeah, credits. <laughs> um, and it, but it's so well set up and executed, and I think efficiently told, uh, mm-hmm. which goes a long way. Like I said, it's only 87 minutes, uh, which is about the breaking point for this premise. Yeah, um, you know, it is. It, it, it is. And I don't mean this as a knock mercifully 87 minutes because any longer and you're like, all right. It kind of reminds me of that Mitch Hedberg joke where he talks about how he saw a uh, commercial for an above ground swimming pool. Yeah. And the commercial was 30 seconds long <laughs> that's as because much that's, time. Ex- <laughs> that's exactly how long you can pretend to have fun in an above ground swimming pool. <laughs> All right. I hit the ball back to Jimmy. What do you want me to do now? Put on this mask and look at his knees. <laughs> yeah, that's a great joke. <laughs> uh, and that's, I mean, that's exactly how crawl feels where it's like, yeah, it's just people getting eaten by alligators and then two of them survive and yeah. the dog, the dog lives spoilers. Uh, it's very and, economical. Like, I mean, even the yeah. credits, I'm like, I mean, I was just pleasantly surprised as they're doing the opening credits. It's it's starring Kayla Scandalario, Barry Pepper, end of actors that we're going to yeah. tell you about. I mean, there's not, there's a few other people in it, maybe like three other people speak. There's, you know, there's a policeman, there's a sister on Skype, and then there's, I don't, I don't know the guy's name. I just keep calling him Spooge, like in uh, Breaking Bad, because he was stealing an ATM. Um, uh-huh. But other than that, there's just no speaking parts. There's no other people. Nothing sort of clogging up the works. It's just exactly what it says it's going to be. Yep, and in the best way possible. And also over those opening credits, and this is where I, the movie immediately started ticking a lot of boxes for me, um, because you get this setup of. You've seen the trailer, right? This is 
this is a movie you're probably only going to see if you've seen the trailer. Um, and this movie knows that. Mm -hmm. And so you see these people in this basement being chased by these alligators. So you kind of know that's what it's going to be about. But this movie does some important legwork right at the beginning um, by letting you know that Haley is an accomplished swimmer. And I thought that was really, really good storytelling because the yeah. first shot of the movie is her pumping herself up at a swim meet. And then we see they're in sort of a, a glass and indoor swimming pool that has a bunch of windows and we see the storm clouds coming in. So we get the setup there. There's the hurricane. That's the impending threat. We have now put this portion of the movie on a timer and we know she's a swimmer. Um, we know she's swimming on her college swim team. So that means she's pretty accomplished mm -hmm. and we see her pumping herself up the way we see a lot of like the Olympic level swimmers pumping their themselves up before races. You know, if you're and the only time I watch swimming is when the Olympics is on. Yeah. And so because you're having a weirdo. Her, yeah, exactly. But having her uh, do emulate what we've seen Olympic level swimmers do, we go, oh, she knows what to do. Mm -hmm. So it's it's this immediate backdoor into your brain of like, OK, I know a lot about this person and not a lot of time. She has a race uh, with a fellow teammate, which it's like it's like tryouts kind of. Right? Yeah, I think it was she said it was to see who gets to go on the like the, the travel roster. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she loses by like two hundredths of a second or something. So then we immediately classify her as like, oh, she's a good swimmer but she has something that she needs to overcome. So there's stakes there for her now. Mm -hmm. um, and this is all within like a minute, maybe two that we're getting all of this information about her. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to our first real dialogue scene of the movie, which is her talking to her sister on Skype. And we kind of learn about the strange family dynamics through that, but it's not like it's written in a way that gives you all the information of Mom and dad are divorced. They have kind of an estranged relationship. Um, but it's not written as like, well, you know, mom and dad are divorced now and we've never been the same. Like, it's yeah. it's very smartly <laughs> written where, yeah. you know, she's, they, their conversation feels like a conversation two siblings who are a little on the rocks would have where it's like she feels responsible. Haley feels responsibility for the dad because she's still in Florida and the sister's in the middle of the country. And she tells her, like, you'll do what you, you do best. Be empathetic from a distance, like saying, hey, you're you're afraid to get your hands dirty in this situation because you're uncomfortable with what happened between mom and dad. Yeah. Um, and so from there, we get the, the other speaking role, Wayne, the cop. And we learn that he's got a weird connection to the sister. We eventually learn that they dated for like a little bit or had a fling or something. Um. And it's just like one thing after another, another, it's really propulsive. And mm -hmm. there's like a, there's a, there's a, there's a real like momentum to the movie that starts to build. And as a result, what happens is you start to get a little antsy because you're like, all right, I know this is the alligator movie. When's this alligator going to show up? Yeah. And so you start to get on edge. So she goes to her dad's apartment and you're going, oh, I saw the trailer for this movie. They were in an apartment. What's she, what's she doing in an apartment? Why is there an apartment here? We need to get to the, 
Let me get to the, the, the gator. Oh, crawl space, yeah. Yeah, and so it keeps adding layer upon layer. Like, every delay you have between her and the gator becomes this other, like, building of the tension of, like, um, hey, uh, I know there has to be an alligator. When are we going to see it? And you get really invested in when the alligator is going to show up because... Yeah. He's putting these sort of obstacles for her, but they never feel contrived because when she goes to the apartment, you get a lot of information about her dad, his drinking, uh, his money problems, his potential pill addiction, maybe. Um, or I also kind of read it as like maybe like blood pressure medication of like, I didn't know dad was on like, oh, crap, like dad's getting to an age where he needs to be on prescription medication. Or even uh, like antidepressants or something. Oh, recent they divorce, were probably, I think. They were probably antidepressants. I didn't think about that. You're right. Maybe. You're right. Um, but you get all this information about Barry Pepper's character. And so now by the time she meets up with her dad, you know quite a bit about him, too. So they don't have to spend a lot of time talking about like, oh, and then I moved into this apartment after your mom and I divorced. Like, you already know that about him. And so when they start interacting, you get to just hear them resolve their relationship and how it was affected by the surrounding circumstances. But you already know those things. You don't have to be told them. Yeah. Um, it's really, 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 really well put together, man. Mm -hmm. And it made me like Alexandra. Aha. Uh -huh, directed this. I have not. seen. I, I like to think it's aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's the band that did take on me. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, I don't think I've seen another one of his features. He made uh, The Hills Have Eyes, correct? Yes. So I, I, I don't think I've seen any of his either. Oh, he made High Tension. I have not seen that. Got it. That's a French horror movie. I see. You didn't see uh, Piranha 3D? Not. Oh, I did see horns. Okay. Yep, I saw horns. I liked, I liked both of those movies. Um, yeah. all I knew about him is he's a guy that like mutual friends of ours who are horror people mm. think that he's, he's uh, someone to watch. But I had not seen any of his movies. Okay, horns is pretty good. I think you would like it. Okay. Um, it's not as down the line horror. Um. But it's it's real interesting. Um, oh, it's got Harry Potter. Yeah, he's really good in it. He's really good in it. Um, based on a short story by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, Alexander Aha is the director. And what this movie did for me, well, let's see. Do I want to talk about him first or do we want to talk about Sam Raimi first? Oh, I don't know. I don't Either way. Um, we'll talk about him first, uh, just because there's probably going to be less to talk about. Yeah. Uh, this movie reminded me... I'll, actually, yeah, we will talk about him first because this will be a good segue into the Sam Raimi discussion. It, it, it's They're really tied together because this movie feels a lot like a Sam Raimi movie. Um, yeah. And when I say that, I'm not saying that even that he's kind of even aping the style of Sam Raimi because it feels like from someone else's point of view, um, yeah, it doesn't 100%. feel explicitly like a Sam Raimi movie. Um, but you can see his influence 
on it and not just because he was the producer, but because let's face it, if Alexander Aha was going to come up in horror, he came up loving the Evil Dead movies. Yeah. And this movie reminded me a lot of a Fede Alvarez movie. Okay. Who made the Evil Dead remake. The Evil Dead remake, yeah. And Don't Breathe. Oh, sure. Which are both way better than they have any right to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it really reminded me of like that class of horror director of like, these really tight, tense, efficient hour and a half, maybe hour 45 minute, like kind of thrillery, kind of horror um, movies. Now, Don't Breathe has kind of a, a twist in it. And this movie is super not interested in that, which is yeah. great. Um, but Evil Dead is really, I mean, a really down the line remake of Evil Dead, which should not be a thing like that's a that's a that's a sacred cow in yeah, for sure. the horror movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. Um and you know, it's it's Sam Raimi was a producer on that one too. Like he had to give his consent to have it done and he backed that movie. Um and I I don't know if Sam Raimi was a producer on Don't Breathe. Um I'm not sure. But that kind of felt like a Sam Raimi movie, too. <laughs> yeah, he was a producer on Don't Breathe. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and so, to, to all that to be said, this reminded me of a Fede Alvarez movie. Um, Fede Alvarez has worked very closely with Sam Raimi. Now, Alexander Aha is get, becoming part of that group who's working. Stable. Yeah, that stable. There we go. I was going to say Cadra. Um, and, uh, they all feel very much like the individual writer director's ideas, because I think they, I think both of them wrote and directed those, uh, movies. Is my cat meowing coming over the microphone? Did you hear that? I'm hearing your cat meowing. Yes. But okay. All right. My wife's gone. I will let her in. Sam Raimi is the heart of these two directors at least their last couple movies um i don't think he had anything to do with the girl in the spider's web um, i hope not did you see it i did not okay i uh i wanted to because i like fede alvarez that's the only reason i wanted to see it yeah um but i feel like these guys got some sort of master class from sam raimi like they bought they bought some online course mm-hmm. to learn how sam raimi makes movies because if you look at a movie like and I know this is one you watched recently and this is one that I watch annually, like Drag Me to Hell. Yes. Which is one of my favorite horror films. Full stop. Yeah. Uh, and certainly one of my favorites of the 2000s, probably my favorite of the 2000s. Uh, how long is that movie? It's only like an hour and 30. I just right? I just bought the re- director's cut and it's an hour 37. Uh, the director's cut, fun fact, two seconds shorter. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's actually shorter. Oh, what'd he take out? Uh, I don't remember. You need to check that out. Huh. Okay, so an hour and 37. Yep, okay. Uh, that movie is so funny and weird and gross. Yes. And it's PG-13. 
Yeah, I can't. I don't know how that happened. That I movie have is no idea how that movie. Is I happened. love it. The next time I update my top one hundred, it will be there. But it is so gross. And I, I as far as movies that I watch over and over again, I don't think there are any that I have to like turn my head away from the TV as much as I do is drag me to hell. <laughs> Dude, he put Allison Loman through the ringer on that set too. <sighs> Yeah, I not re- once, but twice he has a toothless woman gum her chin. And yeah. I just, uh, one time with formaldehyde, like, spewing out of her mouth. It's yep. so gross. Well, and doesn't she, doesn't she, like, vomit dirt into her mouth at one point, too? Uh, I don't know. At one point, an anvil falls on her head and her eyeballs pop into her mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that seems so great. Oh, yes. I love that movie so much. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so going back to, 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 to even the beginning of Sam Raimi's career, Evil Dead was billed as, uh, an experience in grueling horror. Yes. And I think that is the type of horror movie that Sam Raimi has certainly staked his claim on, um, that and the horror comedy, like, Army of Darkness is obviously a sequel to Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And it is grueling, but not in the way like Drag Me to Hell is. Because it's more of a down-the-line comedy. But there's yeah. a lot of stuff that happens really quickly in this movie. Like, sure. the, the the Sam Raimi's style of horror direction is very frantic and kinetic and exhausting. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got out of uh, Crawl. Like... It, I was so tense the whole time that when it was over, I had this, it was almost like I had worked out really hard and felt the looseness after my workout. Of, yeah. Of like just that tension being gone from my body. And I was just like, woo, like that was something else. <laughs> like I was, I was invested the whole time and just like, one thing happens after another in this movie. And like the sequence of events is so logical that that's where the tension lies because you're like, Oh my God, I know this is going to happen and I know how it's going to happen, but these poor saps don't or like just happen already. Like we know where this is going and we just need to get there. Yeah. Well, I think that like, you know, I I don't think, like, the look of the movie has much of a Raimi... It doesn't look to me like a Raimi movie, but like you're saying, just whereas, whereas a different horror director would get to that point where all of a sudden, where the, you know, our heroes are kind of figuring out what's going on and now have the tools to fight back, you know, and then it's from there, there's sort of a tide turning. With Raimi, it's like you think that happens, but then no, something happens that destroys that. And then you think it happens again and no, something happens, destroys that. You think, okay, these, these people are going to get away on this boat. They just made this miraculous trip to, Oh no, that's going to flow. That's going to fly through their living room window and they're going to be back where they started from. And that sort of stuff just happens over and over again. Yeah. It's very relentless. And that way it definitely felt like a Raimi movie. Yeah. It definitely felt like grueling horror to the point where, I started to get a little worried when they got on that boat and it came back into the house because I was like, ah, you're pushing it, guys. Like, I uh, I want you to wrap this up kind of soon and like 
it, yeah, I felt well, like, go ahead. You don't, I think because of the way that, that, that structure, that grueling horror is structured, you don't, you can't rest knowing, okay, well, eventually everything's going to be okay. There's no right. stress relief to that in your mind because you think, you know, I don't know, you know, drag me to hell. It seems like everything's about to work, work out perfectly <laughs> until all of a sudden Allison Lohman falls onto some train tracks and gets drugged into the pit of hell and right before a train hits her, you know. And so, it, sorry, spoilers for a 10-year-old movie, but... Um, but, you know, so I don't until I, even even when the helicopter is coming to pick these people up and they've got their flares, mm-hmm. I'm still thinking when they get on that ladder, a gator is going to destroy that cage or yeah. something. I'm I'm never feeling like I'm OK or like like everything's OK until the credits roll. Yes. Agreed. Um, and it's great. It's so much fun. I mean, in your written review that you did, uh you talked about it feeling like a roller coaster and that's exactly what it felt like. Um, Because I have this thing and maybe this says a lot about me as a person, really gory horror movies. I really need to stress horror specifically like movies where like a lot of gross stuff happens to um, the, the, the protagonist like drag me to hell or like this. Um, They make me laugh really hard because I like their movies, right? So I can kind of see the matrix code of them doing those effects. Yeah. And it puts me kind of in the shoes of when they filmed it. And I know that might seem like it's not as immersive for me, but I love the feeling of that of like, Oh, I bet when they filmed this, they were like, Oh, that was gross. And so I kind of like get in on that joke with them. Um, So when you see something like in Drag Me to Hell with the formaldehyde spewing all over her. It's just like, oh, oh my God. Like, I can't believe they did that. Um, And this movie has a lot of those moments, which is great because it really, it, it, it could have been this like slow burn man versus nature movie, but it is not really interested in being that at all. No. It, is just like them gators going to eat some people. And (laughs) they find really clever ways to like get more gator kills in the movie than you would expect for it just being two people in a crawl space. Yeah. Um, And they're gross. Yeah. And And it's awesome. What? No, I was just going to say like, yeah, the, there were the, the scene where I had to look away was, uh, Barry Pepper's broken leg, yeah, uh, putting a spl- making a splint with his belt mm. and just seeing that bone snap. It's oh, it's so gross. But just that uh, is very gross. And then when that dude gets ripped apart by like four, he gets drawn and quartered by oh, gators. Yeah, yeah. gosh. <laughs> and it was, I uh, I realized that. So I, I saw this movie with, um, and this is going to make me sound like a terrible relative. Uh, I saw this movie with my niece and nephew who are 15 and 13, but I also saw it with their parents, my brother and sister-in-law. So they're the ones who brought them. Um, but also they let them watch way crazier horror movies than crawl. Anyway, uh, my sister-in-law is the reason I love horror movies. And I didn't realize that until I got into horror movies. Cause I was kind of resistant to them for a long time. Sure. The only time I would ever watch them was when I was at their house. 
So like she's the one who showed me Blair Witch Project when I was like mm, 10 and my parents wouldn't let me watch movies like that at home. So that was the first like actual horror movie I ever saw. And it scared the crap out of me um, because this was also when we thought that movie was real. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was just super freaked out by it to the point where when the 2016 Blair Witch came out, I watched it with my wife. I was like a 20 some odd year old man. And during the end of the house, Kristen was like, hey, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, why? And she was like, your breathing got really heavy. <laughs> um, So she would always watch and she would watch like she was like a total gore hound. Like, do you remember Faces of Death? I know what it is. I, I have not seen it. but OK, so she would go rent those. Yeah, that's, and that's messed up. I would go and. I would spend the night at their house. She wouldn't show me faces of death before you call CPS. Uh, <laughs> she, but we would rent like whatever kid movie I wanted to watch that night. And then she would rent one of the faces of death movie to watch after I went to bed. But what I noticed while we were watching the movie is that when it got really gross, she was also laughing at it. And I was like, I wonder if I internalized some of that when I was a kid, like hearing her laugh at really gross stuff. Cause I wouldn't necessarily sneak out of the room and like watch her watch those movies or like what like sneak watch those movies because I didn't really want a part of them. Yeah. Um, but she would watch tamer stuff the older I got around us. And I think I might have internalized some of that. So that was like kind of fun for me in a meta level of watching this whole theater like squirm. And then me and my sister-in-law on two ends of the road, just being like, Oh man. <laughs> uh, and even with like my, my brother and my niece and nephew behind us. And afterwards they were like, that movie was so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> and the, 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 the first, uh, the first ju big jump scare of the movie, which is the first big release of tension where the gator comes through the, the stairs. Yeah is really great and really it was really loud in my theater and we went to a theater that wasn't particularly loud or yeah. isn't known for being particularly loud in our town and uh i heard all all of a sudden i hear ah and my niece had dropped her popcorn <laughs> <laughs> so i see it with a crowd it's so much fun with a group of people yeah, I was. Sad. I went and saw it on opening night. I went to the nine o'clock showing, and there was like six other people there. I was pretty disappointed because I was, I was hoping for a big crowd. Because, um, yeah, I get. I guess I feel sort of the same way about gore as you do. Like if it's creative, fun gore, like I believe Crawl is, or Sam Raimi stuff is, or even uh, 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 the remake of Evil Dead. I think is. Mm -hmm. uh it's over the top fun gore um yeah. yeah i think it's a blast to watch with other people and just kind of you know it's uh cracks me up to, <laughs> makes me laugh too um but yeah there isn't anybody else there i was kind of bummed yeah that sucks I, so like i said i think i need to specify horror movies like if i'm watching a war movie i'm not gonna be like look at them guts ha <laughs> <laughs> you know uh so I think I've told this story before, but like Drag Me to Hell, I saw that at our local. It's it's an AMC now, 
but it used to be like a super crappy uh, dollar theater. Yeah. And so we saw it there and it was packed for some reason. I don't know how this many people ended up at a showing of Drag Me to Hell at the Dollar Theater, but it was practically sold out. And every time the tension would ramp up to where you knew something was going to happen to Allison Loman, there was this lady in the back of the theater who would just go, oh, shit, every <laughs> time. And it was, it is, besides seeing the Dark Knight in IMAX opening weekend, my second favorite theater going experience I've ever had. Oh, because awesome. every time she did it, everyone was like, yep. Like, yeah, that was the correct time <laughs> to say that, lady. <laughs> I'm not even mad at you for yelling at the screen. Nope. No, it was yeah. perfectly timed every it was almost like there was they had handed the theater a, an audio track to play from the back of the theater that just synced up with the movie. Um, and we talked about this the other day about like, where did Allison Lohman go? Do you think do you think that Sam Raimi scared her away from one to be in the other movies? Like what scene is it? The broker. And I feel like, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. For me, it would be having to stab that eyeball in the cake. Oh, <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I think it'd probably, I don't know. I, I think it would be the first, the first gumming in the car. That just really bothers me. I don't, I don't, maybe not, maybe I don't bother everybody, but. I love uh, that scene so much though, because that's when she shows the ruler down her throat and she like hawks it back up at her <laughs> and she staples her eye. But when the car crashes, her eye, like the strength of her eyeball opening that quickly shoots the staple out. Oh, that movie's so great. Oh, it's great. Um. Anyway, not a Drag Me to Hell fan cast, but. No. That movie is great. And, and and Crawl gave me a lot of those same moments, though, like when the dude is just like being an a-hole in the convenience store and like stealing all the food. And he like eats the stupid hot dog without a bun. Uh, and then he gets eaten in the mirror. Hey, let's maybe he's keto. I feel attacked. <laughs> sure. But he's also stuffing all kinds of Pringles and stuff into his bag before. That's that. true. OK, carry on. You're fine. <laughs> um and he like because he he the other two people get eaten and then you see him look in the mirror and he sees the gator behind him and it eats him in the mirror. I thought that was really great. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was really great when the guy was like walking to save them and the girls just like getting eaten like Quint in Jaws <laughs> off the side of the boat. Um and it was just, it was really, like you said, creative, fun, over-the-top gore. Like, the dude getting drawn and quartered. He was just like, oh, gross. And yeah. uh, Barry Pepper getting his arm ripped off was, I think, my favorite. That was hard to watch. Yeah. That was, oh, man. It was so great. <laughs> <laughs> I I really, that scene, I was like, I'm so glad they did that. Because we hadn't really had anything that, like, in full view of the camera happen because even when the dude gets ripped apart, it's kind of, he's like sinking into the water mm -hmm. as it's happening. And Barry Pepper's like fully out of the water when this happens to him. And it's like, I mean, it's not like. And his arms in the middle of the screen. There's no, yeah. there's no looking away from it. Yeah. But it's not like a, a prolonged, like 127 hours experience, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, where it's meant to be super realistic. It's literally meant to be like one of the turns on the roller coaster, to use your metaphor, where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, oh, oh. Um, and that, I mean, that's that's the kind of movie this is. I don't know how much how how, how else we can word it. Um, I think the only other thing to talk about is the performances. The two central performances, I think, are both really, really strong. Um, we'll talk about Barry Pepper. I, I'm a huge Barry Pepper fan. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I love Barry Pepper. Yeah, uh, I would say, I mean, 61 is one of my favorite movies. He played Roger Maris in that movie. Okay. I mean, he shows up all the time in like the 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. uh, and lots of little stuff. I always think he's great. Yep. It, I mean, with the exception of Battlefield Earth. Um, yes. Yes. But like he if you look at his filmography, he, like he's in Saving Private Ryan and he's great in that. Mm hmm. Uh, he's great in the Green Mile. What he's, is he in the Green Mile? He's Dean Stanton. He's the 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 really like crappy prison guard. Okay, yeah, yeah. The like the rival to Tom Hanks's. Um, he's he's in he's in one of my favorite performances of his is in uh. The Coen Brothers' True Grit. True Grit, yeah. He's so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I love that movie, too. And he's in it. And it just makes me happy to see Barry Pepper. And he doesn't get much, many opportunities to be, you know, top billing. So I no. like that. And I don't understand why, because he's so good. Mm-hmm. Um... I just get really excited to see Barry Pepper whenever, but to, yeah, to see him take on like a co-leading performance, I was really, that was, I mean, the, I was like, oh, the movie looks really good. And then I saw that Barry Pepper was in it and I was like, oh, sold. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in it. And I feel like he, and now that I know that Kaya Skoldario is British, I had no idea. Uh, I think they both kind of nailed that Southern Florida accent of like kind of Southern, but kind of not. Yeah. Um, I don't, did you watch, uh, what was that Netflix show with Ben Mendelsohn and Kyle Chandler? Oh, um, yeah, I did watch it. Bloodline. Uh, Bloodline. Yes. I think that Ben Mendelsohn nailed that accent too. Yeah. It's like this very specific, it's hard to do. Um, because it's like certain words sound like they're from the South, but certain words don't. It's like, it's almost like 80, 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they both do a really good job of it. Like Barry Pepper in this movie, he, he like almost overpronounces his words. Like he really emphasizes like the T's at the end of like wouldn't, mm-hmm. um, or like ing, like he, he doesn't, he doesn't do like i I'm going, I'm, I'm going somewhere i'm going yeah. you know and it's this weird like frankenstein accent that does exist in that area of the country and so yeah. i thought thinking, that, i'm thinking like walter goggins and justified same yeah. sort of yeah draw mm-hmm. yep um so they're both super good at that and i have one of my one of my movie watching superpowers is hearing drop accents mm-hmm. um didn't you had to tell me that kaya Skoldario was was British. So there was one. So I didn't know anything about her. 
And there was, I think it was in the bathroom at the end, which was a pretty sweet scene. Probably have to suspend disbelief a little bit that that gator couldn't just break a flimsy shower uh, yep. door. But um, there she was. There's a scene right there in that room or in that. It was either in her room before or in the bathroom where she screamed. And I thought, I wonder if she's British. <laughs> there's like one <laughs> scream. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, she was she was great. And I, I yeah, I will. I will continue to follow her because I think, she, yeah, just the way, uh, just the both of them to make to make you care about that relationship in such really a shallow uh, premise as we have, like to make you care about the two of them and like not just them surviving, but them like sort of reconciling. To me, is all in the performances, and uh, yeah. they were they both blew me away. There's a scene right smack dab in the middle of the movie that's just them talking like the movie slows down. It's the only time the movie slows down and it's just them talking about all their issues that they've had since the divorce. And and um, it's really good. It's some of the best emotional storytelling I've seen in a movie this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and their performances are great in it. Like Barry Pepper talking about like. I, you know, your mom got a second chance and, you know, I wasn't good to her and that's why she left. And like, you know, from the worldview that you and I ascribe to, it's like, well, work that out. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it that, that's we also live in reality. And so we, we know that that's not how it works all the time. And so, you know, when that happens, we our heart breaks for them and, and him. And, you know, when. She said when Haley says back to him, like, well, you deserve one, too. And he says, like, I don't think I do. And it's like, but you do, man. Like, you also get to move on from this um, and and be better. You know, you can you can do that. Um, and you just kind of get this real and it's not. You don't get frustrated or angry with him like you get really empathetic and sympathetic towards him saying that line. And I think it's a fine line to walk because it can be really frustrating to deal with someone who's thinking like that. And you don't you don't get that out of him at all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that scene that scene is one of my favorites in the movie for obviously not the the thrill ride uh reasons, but it's just it's really well written like the the script like I said to t- it's so real. It feels so real, which is crazy because of how heightened everything else around them is. The character interactions are so grounded. Yeah. And like. Like to keep it from being cheesy is quite yeah. an achievement. Yes. And I never I mean, it felt like how a dad and daughter talk. It didn't. Mm-hmm. I just no exposition in what they were saying. Mm-hmm. It was they were saying the words they needed to say and nothing more. Um, they were fine to let there be silence when there needed to be silent. I just, I guess if I was, if I was going to boil this movie down to one word, I would just say economical in yeah. everything about it from its runtime, its script, uh, their interaction, everything about it. It just is just what you need to care. It's just what you need to keep going. Yeah. Um, nothing more, no frills, nothing less. Well, and even the sort of cute stuff in the movie, like in the hands of someone else would have been like, all right, like the apex predator stuff, like 
I kind of expected there to be a one-liner from her, almost like a like a Sam Raimi like Ash one-liner, sure. or yeah. or like uh, when when Allison Loman returns the coin uh, when she digs up the grave and she's like she she calls her a bitch, but she she says something. She has like a one-liner yeah. before that. Like I kind of expected her to almost say the same line that Alison Lohman says, but she's like, I'm the apex predator, bitch. Like, I thought that was going to be um, something that happened, and it wasn't. It, like, it revealed itself as something that she did need to accept because she was like, oh, you know, it's all BS or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it revealed itself in a really smart, clever way that was way significantly more subtle than her screaming it at an alligator. Yeah. Um, and yeah. go ahead. It made me think of well, we we uh, the episode's not out yet, but we talked about Brightburn, and you know there was some you could tell at the beginning they were trying to like put some sort of a parallel between the main character in that movie and like wasps or bees or something like that mm-hmm. that just kind of like it was it it fell apart like it, it you could tell they were trying to say something, but then like it never got brought up the rest of the movie. Um, and I thought about that with the apex predator thing because crawl did it the right way. It, it was a constant sort of reminder through and through that that was something that her dad had said to her. Um, it was her mindset when she gets in the water, which was important. Um, but yeah, without that, without that cheesy nineties action movie, final line that, yeah. you know, could have derailed the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and even the fact that, you know, what college does she swim for? Oh, the Florida Gators. Yeah. Like I saw that at the beginning and I was like, okay, I <laughs> see. But it never like becomes a thing. No. Ever again. It's just like this like cute little detail that's like kind of throwaway. And I and as such, it's totally fine. Um, but I was like, ooh, this could if this comes back, I'm not gonna be a happy camper about it. Uh and it didn't, and that was fine. And then uh my my favorite trend that's been happening in movies in 2019 happens in this which is really great end credit song choices yeah what was the end credit song uh you're better see, you're better at music than i am see you later alligator oh yeah yeah that's right <laughs> that it just like it was this perfect train pulling into the station moment of like okay all right that's hilarious you got me and it's i mean nothing's gonna top i punch keanu reeves for best end credit song of the year this year uh of film history but yeah yeah for real uh not a joke at all man (laughs) that that song's so good um but I, it, it kind of felt that it was. It, I know that's a weird comparison to make. Uh, it's always be my maybe is the movie I'm referencing. And if you want to know why there's a song called "I Punch Keanu Reeves" over the end credits of "Always Be My Maybe," go watch that movie on Netflix because it's outstanding. It's fun. Um. Anyway, so I liked that. That was like that happened, and it made me laugh. And then I punched Keanu Reeves happened, and it made me laugh. Uh, I like that I could draw that comparison between those two movies of like really funny, great end credits yeah. songs. Um, yeah. I, do you have anything else to say about Crawl? I don't think so. Go see it. I Yeah, it's, it's my maybe my favorite movie of the summer. I loved it.
Yeah, I think I'm with you. Maybe John Wick. I mean, the only maybe for me is probably Endgame, but sure. that was that was spring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked this movie a lot. It's so much fun to watch in a theater. See it big, see it loud. Um, the sound design is actually great yeah. in this movie. It's really good and like gross. Like there's a lot of bone crunching noises. Yes. Um, yeah. The other thing I'll say, the last thing I have to say about it is there's a couple there's a couple of homages to Jaws in this and you could tell the, the thing is anytime someone makes a killer animal movie especially if it's a killer animal in the water movie most people immediately default to oh is it like Jaws yeah um, I've seen so many people say it's basically Jaws with gators which just isn't true it's but not anyway, even it, yeah. close to being the same movie um but there's a couple moments where it leans into it because you do have even in the title, right? It's just kind of like a thing associated with gators because they crawl. Right. And so with Jaws, like that's just kind of a thing associated with great white sharks is they have big mouths. Right. Yeah. Um, so down to the titling, it is kind of evoking Jaws as like a like a a, a touch point maybe um but obviously completely different movie completely different story couldn't be more different from each other or have different goals but there's two scenes that really and i already referenced one of them the one we've already referenced both of them but there's the one where the 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 chick who's stealing the the atm gets eaten on the boat feels very much like quint getting eaten yes uh there's no way it's not on purpose yeah yeah and then uh, when she calls the 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 gator a son of a bitch in the in the bathroom in the bathroom, yeah. Uh, while she's trapping in the shower, it's like her victory over it, um, and feeling like it, it, it recalls you know the end of Jaws, like smile you son of a, and he shoots the the canister. Um, yeah. But it's it, and so it's a I like it because I like that it's a movie that's proud to wear its its kind of heritage, as it were, mm-hmm. on its sleeve. But it doesn't feel devoted to it in any way, shape or form. It, and those are like. Those are really subtle things to reference, like, yes, you obviously get it when you see it. But if you haven't seen Jaws, it isn't going to be like, oh, I think I missed something. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not it's not gross and it's it's uh references to that movie so i appreciated that because especially anytime like because because jaws is my favorite movie and i have a jaws tattoo people always like when there's a shark movie they're like you're gonna see that shark movie um so i remember there was uh there was when the shallows came out a lot of people tried to and we tried to start a hashtag campaign on the show where if I got 50 hashtags that said hashtag MJC shallows, I would watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, it didn't work out, but I've seen a lot of people comparing crawl to the shallows. And yeah. I kind of want to see it now. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a, it's a better comparison than Jaws. I mean, you know, there's the, the homage to Jaws, obviously, but as far as, the type of movie it is it's it's a lot closer to say oh it's like shallow with a crocodile than it is to say oh it's like jaws with a crocodile 
Correct. Or gator, alligator. Sorry, they're different. Oh yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you knew that or not, but they're two different animals. <laughs> I did know. And oh, I also liked. It was super funny uh, that I was. There was a moment in the movie towards the end. It was after Barry Pepper got his arm ripped off, and I was like. Which one of them is the one that grabs their prey and rolls? Is that crocodiles or alligators? And then in the next scene, she gets her arm bitten and the gator starts rolling in the water. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, there's my answer. Let's be Thanks, movie. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, if I so if I had to say, I guess last thing, I hate to say on a downer, like the only thing I would maybe knock the movie for is that I don't necessarily think that they did a great job of giving the crawl space, like, I, I'm about to, I guess, a sense of space. Like, oh, like I, the geography of it? Yeah, I put in my review that it just kind of felt like a big-ass area. Like, I didn't yeah. necessarily, you know, I think I think really great movies, I think of, like, Die Hard, you know, you kind of always had a feel for where in the building John McClane was, you know what I yeah. mean? And I didn't necessarily feel that way um it felt like you know i mean which allowed that i think i think when you do it that way you can kind of trap yourselves as well and not get to have as much fun as you'd like to but um you know for there all of a sudden be like a giant room where there's this a drain um like it just kind of some areas yes. seem to sort of come out of nowhere and you're like well what part of the house would that be under yeah I agree. That was weird. And there were several, like, I didn't know where stuff was in relation to itself, even the parts that made sense. That drain, that storm drain thing made zero sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand where that came from, because then there was, like, a whole family of gators living there, and it's like, how the hell do you not notice that? Like, I I don't know. That was really strange. That was, that was the weirdest part of the movie for me. Yeah. But it did make for a pretty freaky scene where she had to crawl through the drain pipe. It's very tense and very good. And mm -hmm. she also got to shoot a gator from the uh, inside out. That was awesome. Um, so that didn't make sense. Or like when she had to go get her cell phone, it looked like it was just on the other side of the pipes from them. And then she took this huge circuitous route to the phone. That didn't make sense geographically to me, like you know, like you said in, in like Die Hard, or I was thinking, don't breathe. Yeah. When they first get to the house, there's this huge tracking shot that just goes over the geography of the house. So, you know, the layout of it. Yeah. And then you understand where people are when they're in certain rooms. And in this, you don't get it. Like there's like these weird alcoves that are there. And then, they're like, it's super dangerous. And I, I mean, you know, there's a suspension of disbelief that comes along with this type of movie anyway. But, you know, Barry Pepper's telling her, like, oh, make sure you stay out of the water. And then they're just like super duper in the water for the rest of the movie. And the gators aren't bothering them as much as I felt like they should have been. Um, because he's like, you know, stay on this side of the pipes. Make sure you're on this side of the pipe so that they can't get through. Yeah. And then they spend like really long periods of time not on that side of the pipes and the gators aren't like and they're just hanging out like not really worried about the gators or the gators aren't really bothering them. So it it plays kind of fast and loose with that stuff. And if I did have to criticize it, it would be 
it would be that. But at the same time, the movie's super entertaining and it's yeah. only 87 minutes. So, I, I mean, it's it's literally it's just splitting hairs at that point. A hundred. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's like there's some goofy geography stuff, but it like I don't want realism in my killer gator movie. Yeah. Yeah, that would you can see that on the Discovery Channel. Yeah, right. Uh, remember when Michael Phelps raced a shark? I do, and it was really disappointing. Yep. Yep. Right. Was he even not in the same... Yeah, I mean, he obviously just, wasn't in the same tank, but like they just timed. Yeah, they just yeah. CGI'd in a shark. Yeah. I was that's, so mad. That's stupid. I was so mad. We made like a night out of it. I went and bought gummy sharks in bulk from my local grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> like we were excited about it. Uh, yeah. And no, we, we even went over to a friend's house to watch it because we don't have cable. So we like had like a party to like all our friends were there to watch Michael Phelps race this freaking shark. And then that happened. We were like, that was the dumbest. And I'm mad I drove here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, if you want realism like that, watch the Discovery Channel. Uh, yeah, Crawl's good. Go see it. Um, it's not like there's anything else coming out this weekend, right? This weekend? Yeah, just some nature documentary about some lions, right? Yeah, just like an animated film about lions. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, Stuber, Stuber, I guess. But that was last sure. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, go see Crawl. Stuber's I, fun on a DVD, but go see Crawl. Yeah, go see Crawl. I, sight unseen, I will say, go see that over the Lion movie. But I feel like it's better. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's 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 a blast. I really like it. I might go see it again. I, I had a good time with it. And I have a friend who wants to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth another view. I I mean, I think it's definitely one that will like drag me to hell or will be something I watch often. I'll find I'll find a reason to watch it often. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison too, which is weird cuz they're two like completely different movies. Like one's a demon like pretty pretty straightforward horror movie and this one's more like a thriller, you know. Yeah. Uh but it it is very like relentless and grueling and gruesome and gross in the most fun way it, grossness could possibly be fun uh it's a blast i this movie's so much fun um go see it uh until next time we're the bad guys <laughs>